This is Talks with Corey About Divorce podcast with Corey Shapiro. This is episode 27. If you're new to this podcast, we talk about divorce. And we are having a question on this episode about retirement accounts. What happened to those retirement accounts upon divorce? But before we get to that question, I want to share an article I read about the Gates divorce. We talked about the Gates divorce earlier in this podcast, and I read an article in the New York Times that they are going to try to work things out for the next two years with running their foundation, which they consider, quote unquote, a fourth child. I'm not sure of the exact terms, but the article says that for the next two years, they are going to what will be the equivalent of co-parent to co-foundation. And if one of them decides that this co-foundationing is not working, then Bill Gates will take over. Melinda Gates will leave. Bill Gates will give her some resources. And I don't know the amount, I'm assuming significant for most people, to continue her charitable endeavors. So I'm going to call that maintaining the status quo with a safety valve if things don't work out. In another context, people do this all the time. When people have children in common and limited resources, not serious resources like the Gates do, you know, most people find it challenging just to maintain one comfortable home. But when you get divorced and you have children and you want to co-parent, you're going to have to have two comfortable homes, two appropriate homes for the children. One parent can't just live in a big, nice house, and the other parent lives in a little small shack. It doesn't work that way if you're going to co-parent appropriately. So what some parents do who really are putting the best interest of their children first is nest, which is where the children stay put. The children stay in the marital residence or the formal marital residence or just a family home. And the parents go in and out of the marital residence according to a schedule. Could be alternating weeks. It can be every Monday and Tuesday, one parent, every Wednesday and Thursday, the other parent, and they alternate weekends. They come to a schedule. They might also define some house rules when a parent can bring over a romantic partner. Maybe there's no romantic partners. Maybe it's only after a year of being together in an open relationship, whatever they decide. And if one parent decides after a period of time, like the Gates that it's no longer working, then the nesting arrangement will end. So that is what's happening to the Gates. They are going to try to co-foundation, does sound better, a co-parent in quotes, this foundation post-divorce. We'll see how that runs. But when you give people time to move on, and these are sensible people, these are good people overall, maybe they will make it work for the best interest of the foundation, which is doing good. I've also been following an issue in the law, which is behind the times. You know, the law in many aspects, is behind the times. And it takes a while for things to catch up. Sometimes you have activist judges, progressive judges, that do what the legislature should have done a long time ago. 
But in New York, for example, a very wise judge issued a ruling which discussed pets as sort of like a fourth child, right? As a family member. And pets in many states are viewed as personal property, like dividing a checking account or a sofa would maybe be a better example. How do you divide a sofa in a divorce? You know, they do it based on property principles. But, you know, pets are more than property. They're family members. And maybe they should use a custody standard, a best interest of the pet standard. And that's what this judge discussed. And that's what should be done. So Alaska, uh, yes, Alaska, I believe was the first state where the legislature, not a judge, but the legislature decided that pets should be viewed more like family members and there should be a best interest standard. A few states followed, I believe, Illinois in 2018, California in 2019. New York might be not too far behind, but it makes sense. You know, the majority of households have pets. Also, I believe in the Trump administration, they made it a federal crime for animal cruelty. And this was a bipartisan bill. No one's really opposed to this idea. I think the, you know, Republicans have pets, Democrats have pets. If you're short, you have a pet. If you're tall, you have a pet. You can have a pet if you're a male or a female. So everyone loves pets. So we're all on board with what's the best interest. Why don't we just treat it like a child? I mean, just because you're a mother doesn't mean you get the child, even though at one point that was the preference, or just because you're the man doesn't mean you get the child, even though at one point that was the preference. So it's really the best interest of the child. It should be the best interest of the pet. It just makes sense. And I'm happy to see more and more legislatures doing what should have been done a long time ago. All right, getting to our question about retirement accounts. Now, retirement accounts are sensitive subjects. I mean, generally, it's either the largest asset or the second largest asset for most people who are going through a divorce. It's especially sensitive when you're dealing with pensions, especially, you know, police pensions, firefighter pensions. These people putting their lives on the line, doing the hard work necessary not making the big dollars, but after a certain period of time, maybe 25 years, they get a, a very comfortable pension. But if you're in a long-term marriage, you have to share that pension with that spouse. That spouse didn't put their life on the line. So these are just sensitive issues. Now, the question is, what happens to these retirement accounts? They're in my name. Do I get to keep them? Or if you're in an equitable distribution state, sorry to say, Title doesn't control. What I mean by that is just because it's in your name doesn't mean it's yours. Whatever was acquired during the marriage from the time you were married to the time where the, the divorce action was commenced, when it started, that's the time frame. And anything that was acquired during that, the presumption is it's marital. And the courts in equitable distribution states divide that equitably based on many different factors which really mean whatever the judge thinks it should mean. Uh, but that's a whole nother episode. But the point is, the court's trying to do justice. The court is trying to do what's equitable. And sharing pensions or 401ks or IRAs is what the court does. 
you know, you obviously can trade off these retirement assets. If both spouses have similar retirement accounts, then that's not going to be an, an issue. But if one party used their energy, their resources to create financial wealth and has a significant pension, and then the other spouse used their energy maybe to raise a family but doesn't have that retirement account, then obviously there's going to have to be an imbalance that's going to have to be a corrected. And that correction is going to be painful to one party. And that's what the court does in equitable distribution states. So there you have it about retirement accounts, sensitive subject. We're going to wrap up this episode here. If you have a question for the podcast, uh, you can submit a voice question at gettingdivorced.org. You can hit a link and it will take you and you can actually submit it just like a voicemail. You can also submit a written question and we can either play that audio question on the air or I can review the question on a future episode. If you have any feedback for the show, very interested in hearing feedback, you can send an email to feedback at gettingdivorced.org. And again, if you are going through a divorce or know someone who is, remember the mantra. The mantra is don't lose your mind.